Hello, Michael here with a quick disclaimer. The episode that you are about to listen to was originally recorded as a live event, meaning that it was recorded and streamed over our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash the RPG Academy, or broadcast as a live event or recorded as a live event for our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash the RPG Academy. Hopefully you will understand why the audio quality of this episode is not quite up to the same standards you have come to appreciate and expect from our show. And on the off chance that when you listen to this episode, you don't really notice a difference between this episode and a regular episode, don't say anything, because that will make me cry. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Detention Live from the RPG Academy. I am Michael, and it's my job on these detentions to stay here after school with you hooligans, ne'er-do-wells, and Academaniacs. Uh, with me as usual, uh, to my right on my screen is Scott. Scott, say hi to everybody. Howdy all you kids out there in Radio Land. And then below him, but not in life, just on the show, is Matthew. What's up, guys? Hi, so if anyone is new to these detention shows, or if anyone's actually watching while we're talking about this live, uh, it's more of a loose, casual conversation, almost like a talk show. We do cover some things that relate to RPGs and D&D specifically, uh, but there's a lot of extra stuff as well. But as always, we hope that through these conversations, something might come out of it that you can use at your table. Uh, we're going to start, as we always do when we don't forget and screw it up, with extracurricular. And this is the thing, things that we are doing outside of the RPG Academy when we are not in these hallowed halls. And Matthew, I'll start with you this week. What you been up to? Uh, let's see. Uh, currently, I've been watching American Gods, which is the new show on Stars. It say is, nothing. Say nothing specific. I will not spoil anything, but it is incredible and definitely filling the void that a late season seven of Game of Thrones has left. It, it, does it live up to the book? Yes. Yes. And and does apparently, it exactly they follow the book. It, it it follows the book in the sense where they're not keeping it in the same time frame. Uh, oh, oh, so so instead of it being in like late '90s, early 2000s, the way it was, it's like boom, modern day. Mm. So slightly different, but it's still really, it's really stuck to the book thus far, and it's sweet, very awesome, sweet, and I'm totally enjoying it. Excellent, and I hope that we get like four seasons out of it. Also, apparently, uh, like 80% of the cast casted themselves. <laughs> they found out that the show was happening, so people reached out, like the actors reached out to the company doing it. Was like, "Hey, I want to play uh, Mr. Nancy," and they were like, "Yeah, you, you okay?" Like one guy actually <laughs> tweeted, he tweeted like, "See me on American Gods as Mr. Nancy," and they were like, "Yep, casted, boom, <laughs> done." Our recruitment budget was zero, and we knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Swing for the fences. I mean, again, all they can say is no. You know, that's right. No, yeah, that's no right. harm, no foul, right? Exactly. And uh, this weekend, going upstate to see my sister-in-law graduate college, and have her accrue the final total for her debts and move on with her life. So that's a thing. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, about you, Scott. What you been up to? Um. Well, uh, I, I can update everybody on the the saga that is Otto, my German executive sedan. Uh, oh right! I, I told you guys last week that it broke down. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, so uh, I took it to the shop, and they, they uh, reported to me that the car that I was going to sell for $2,000 would require uh, an $1,800 repair for the uh, high-pressure fuel pump, right? Uh, that's in addition to the $150 diagnostic that I already owed. So I figured uh, I was pretty sixes. I just donated, right? So I called up the donation place, and I, I told the, the mechanics that I was doing that. And then uh, the dealership reached back out, and they said uh, one of the one of the techs, not the one who did the diagnostic, but another one, uh, was willing to buy it off of me. And I thought, uh, yeah, perfect. I mean, he yeah. works at the shop. That means since it constantly breaks down literally all the time, he'll be there to fix it, right? <laughs> he knows how to do it. Like, uh, this is a pretty well, guilt-free theory. way for me to get rid of, of this old clunker that, that has been this albatross around my neck, uh, preventing me from days of work at a time when it blows up or breaks down. So uh, that's great. Sold it Monday. Um, uh, got that all done. And ever since then, I've, I've been enjoying the adventure that is public transportation. In Baltimore? Uh, yeah, and in, in, uh, really you... in the Maryland area. It turns out, um, unlike in the West, right, where, where public transportation only means buses, uh, I have a multimodal commute now where I take light rail to the heavy rail to an Uber that gets me to the office. Yeah, that doesn't seem complicated at all. No, and it definitely isn't particular for timing, and it also doesn't take a crap ton of time. So uh, <laughs> my, like, hour-and-a-half, two-hour commute now, which used to be 35 minutes, uh, is is kind of denting into my morning and evening me time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. Luckily, uh, my girlfriend's also been out of town this week, so so I've, I've really it's just been denting into what would have been us time. So, uh, I got you. There we go. Yeah, I think there's a question in the back. Yeah, you in the yeah, yellow yeah. shirt. Yeah, hi, uh, uh, Home Depot Weekly. Uh, I just wanted to know, uh, what is a light rail and what is a heavy rail? Oh, uh, so so light rail is, is uh, surface rail or sometimes subterranean rail uh, for commuters generally um, mm-hmm. that, that, are, that are within denser urban areas. And heavy rail is, is, is uh, I mean, a shorthand or oblique term for uh, your traditional uh, rail, right? So, so uh, standard gauge uh, railroad tracks that you deliver whatever freight uh, or passengers on this coast, amazingly. I guess kind of both coasts have uh, heavy rail passenger lines, uh, like the Sounder, right? In Seattle, that's a heavy rail passenger line. So uh, it's traditional rail, but uh, it's like a $6 ticket to go miles and miles because they get such efficient use of fuel. So. Huh. That is an interesting commute, Scott. That is an adventure that you will keep with you forever. It 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 it's something, yeah. But I'm I'm just glad uh it does not last forever. So mm-hmm. question. Do you hide the bodies on the train or you do you like throw them off in like just a low populated area? There's there's a trapdoor. I mean, perfect, the answer perfect. is always a trapdoor, right? Yes, that's true. That is true. And and the trapdoor under the trapdoor, which releases them, is random. So mm-hmm. he doesn't even know where the body yeah, actually yeah, gets yeah. dumped. Yeah, I don't know. Plausible Honestly, deniability. Yeah, they, 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 I just put them in the fireplace and it revolves, right, in my private car where I have my white <laughs> fluffy cat, right, in my lounge <laughs> chair. Right, and your sniper rifle, which also revolves away into a into a beautiful roman colonnade well i i just mount that on top of the fireplace and it revolves and and then there's something else on the mantle right <laughs> somebody else is behind there i think they take care of those things i don't i don't ask what they do that's that's yeah, not he's, 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 best he's, if you don't know he's like a level three government employee i'm somewhere around eight or nine it's yeah. i mean he's an intern at this point <laughs> i mean i may have to kill him someday i really don't want to know his name yeah yeah it's just easier <laughs> that's like a gold dish. 
I got a random email once. I automatically deleted it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to know anything. Yeah. yeah, plausible deniability. I try exactly. not to remember their names or birth dates or when the holidays are. Where you're supposed to like Secretary's Day, Administrative Assistance Oof. Day. We're we're not oh. doing that. <laughs> How about you, Michael? You're- so, uh, big news on the Michael front uh, and the RPG Academy front as well. Of course, oh, yeah. uh, our Kickstarter funded. Oh. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! And, and in honor, I'm wearing my bright yellow canary yellow shirt. Uh, Me too. Is also wearing his. And then Scott, not wearing the canary yellow, but wearing an RPG Academy T-shirt. It's, so it's wordy, like me. It is wordy. It's also witty. I think. I think so. it is. It's Shows a it's a cute it's a cute pectorals. shirt. Yep. Yeah, you got Look, you got a nice pack. It's, it's like the, uh, the the receding titles in Star Wars, right? So mm-hmm. Stripping you got, off of my massive pecs. You got a nice pecs, Scott. That's going to be like the second thing I'm going to miss most about you not going to a catacomb. Not going to a catacomb? What? Well, I heard it was like, you know, fourth on a list of important things. Vacation time is slim, but I'm starting to get more optimistic that I can hit all four. We'll see. All right. Well, fingers crossed. I, I did manage uh, so, to so, schedule one for before I start, so that's going to help. Ooh, yeah, that will definitely work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so very excited about that. We still have uh, six days left to go, and um, hoping that we can get closer to like eleven or twelve. Uh, we still have some people might want to jump on because because the funny thing about it, if there is anything funny, is there's definitely an art and a science to Kickstarters. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done this is my third now. By no means am I an expert, and everyone I've done has been for an event, not for a product. It's it's a very different animal. But our budget, what we thought we would do, was based off of ticket sales last year, because we ended up having over 300 people buy a badge. So we did some math. If we charge $35 a ticket, let's say even only half of them buy a ticket, or like say 200 buy a ticket, then we thought we would get to a certain place. We are well under that. Like, I think we have around 100 tickets that are sold, uh, which is like a third of what we thought. But we have a lot more money from sponsors this year, tabletop sponsors and also just this, the corporate sponsorships. So it's, it's, the money's coming from different ways than I expected, but we still got to where we needed to get to, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, that's, that's one, certainly a way to look at it, absolutely. Uh, and then also I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Me too. Awesome. It was good. Very, very good. Yeah, I I missed it so far. It's it's a winner. Oh, yeah, yes. really good. Matthew, one or two? What's your favorite between the two? Oh, definitely, definitely one. But it's Ooh. the two is very good. Well, see, and that's the, I've been talking to some other people about that. If I break down individual elements, I think number two is almost always ahead. Like if I compare things to compare things, right? But overall, I still like number one better. Hmm. I think it's kind of weird. Gestalt. I'm a sucker for an origin story. <clears throat> yeah, it, number two's got a lot more um, feelings than number one. It also has a lot more humor. Like, number one's funny, but number two is just almost, it seems like they were coming faster and faster than yeah. one. So so definitely definitely a good movie. All right, so that's kind of us. Um, before we move on, what's everybody drinking? Ah, I am... Uh... Still trying to get through the last of this uh, Johnny Walker Black in my RPG Academy laser-etched <laughs> glass. I think I've got one glass left after this, so next Wednesday, and I'm out. I don't have to move a bottle of liquor. Nice. Fantastic. Traditional L8 here tonight, though. <laughs> I think this might be my last one for a while. I think uh, I've been off the, the wagon for long enough. The weight, I've uh, put on everything I lost and then some, so I think it's about time to 
try to get back on that horse. So sadly, this will be my my last one for a little while. I'm gonna enjoy it. You just gotta switch to Michelob Ultras, man. That's right. It's a champagne of beers. Mm. What about no, you, Matthew? Not, that's Miller. I'm sorry. Uh, right now, I'm drinking a bad margarita, which is halfway done. Is that and a brand name? Like B A D? No, that's just a bad. I made a bad margarita with what I have in my fridge. And then I'll be going on to like a two roads, and... two roads, little heaven session IPA. And then I also have some water. <laughs> Scott's, Scott's looking ready to judge. Like if yeah, he pulls out like, another whoa, booze, whoa, whoa. we're getting on a hotline. Yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like now I know what we're talking about for the rest of this show. Why you're in detention. I yes. think we all know why. You have a drinking problem, Matt. No, you some Scott, people no, you some do. people would call it a drinking yeah. opportunity. Yeah. No, I'm no, I love you and your friend that looks just like you. Awesome. All right. Well it's time to move on. <laughs> oh, so hot, Scott. Yeah. And um I try to make it with myself. So we will uh we will jump into <laughs> ten things. Hey. Oh. 10 things. All right, Scott, 10 things that you do to pass the time on this now extended commute. Ooh. Oh, uh, call my parents. One, uh, look at horrifying rent in San Francisco. Two, Ooh. Uh, dispose of bodies. Three, Three. Um, complain that my revolving fireplace in my private car is jammed. Four, Four. <laughs> people watch. Five. Five, clean my sniper rifle. Six, Six. um, Plan new and more dastardly ways to make players hate me as a DM. Seven. Ah, uh, pick my nose. Eight. Regardless Eight. of being in public. <laughs> um, obsessively read Twitter. Nine. Nine. And then uh, compulsively consider responding to strangers on Twitter about how wrong they are on the internet. <laughs> ten! ten! Those ten are things. ten things. Good yep. job. Thanks. All right, Matthew. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Ten things that a beholder would not want to see. A Noel Warlock. One. A place where you put the eyeballs. Two. That fairy that scoops out eyeballs with a, with an unsharpened spoon. Oh, Three. the eye fairy, yeah. Yeah, the eye fairy. Um, an iris, Lily. Four. <laughs> a bouquet of roses in the off shade of purple. Five. A flat rock. Six. Something that doesn't fly? Seven. A free soul? Eight. Happiness? Nine. And a pair of pants? No. <laughs> oh, beholders have Those terrible Those are the ten things. They do. things. Yeah. Michael. Yes. Ten things that you wish were on that shelf that I can see that are not the three books that I can see on that shelf. A magic weight loss pill. One. One. Million dollars. Two. Two. A, a second stack of million dollars. Three. Um, all of the are all the RPG books that I sold that I now regret selling. Four. That's all it. the magic cards that I sold that I regret selling. Five. All the money I spent on both of those things, which would be almost another stack of a million dollars. Six. Oh, it's so true. Um, a new computer that will let me host OBS and Twitch. Seven. Um, a manual to the secret of happiness. Nine. A signed eight, copy eight, eight, of eight, eight, eight. The Dark Tower. Nine. But not Nine. signed by Stephen King, just signed by someone. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I can sign that for you. Oh, good. That, that would work. 
Um, a, a copy of ah, shit, like an original RPG D and D, like first edition, first printing copy of the DMG. Ten. Ten. Great job. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Uh, so we will move on, as we always do at this point, to used books. And this is where we talk about a campaign, generally one that has failed and blew up spectacularly. <clears throat> but as we do this more and more, we're going to eventually have to move into some that just we played. And what we're doing is just like any good used book, we're looking in the margins, looking for notes to see what we can learn and do better next time. So I believe, Matt, you are going to talk about a campaign that you have played in tonight. Sure. And uh, stop me if we've heard this one before, because, you know, due to our lack of like notes and fans and stuff like that, and wikis, um, yeah. we, uh, I, I might be repeating this because I talk in my head and then I think I've done something that I really haven't or vice versa. Um, so I was speaking about American Gods before and how great it is. And a long time ago in in three five, I guess it was, and and D twenty modern. I ran a campaign for the old gods coming back into power. So all the characters were uh, aspects or or you know sons or daughters of ancient gods, and they were fighting basically angels and devils for control of the you know the the the, the heavens and the hells. And uh, it was really fun. You know, I had like, um, I had a son of Odin. I had a, a Minotaur. There was uh, uh, an aspect of Anubis. Someone was the son of Ares. And, uh, and they all got like all these different weird things. Like one got a tattoo of a raven on it that if he fell, the raven would actually come out and then like fly him away like a little rocket pack. And uh, one guy had a breastplate that had a scarab beetle on the back that would shoot out and then let him fly. Um, someone had uh, an enchanted shotgun that did something. I don't remember. And uh, it was a, it was a really fun game that, you know, died because of time, I guess. Uh, at one point I wanted to show the characters that they had um, the ability to go beyond life and death. So I killed them. Okay. And like, I put them in a battle where I just kept throwing things at them and throwing things at them. And at one point, my friend just looks at me and goes, we're not doing good. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then I just put like two more things on the board and I killed them. So then I had them like wake up with like, you know, some God standing above them. Like you are our children, children, blah, blah, blah. We back you up, yada, yada, yada. So you're back alive. But uh, don't get used to this. We're not going to be here all the time. And it was fun. Some of that does sound familiar, but I don't know if we've covered it on here or if yeah, we just have covered it in other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking back on this now, what, what could you learn? What could you do differently? Or what could you take from that that worked that you might apply to a new campaign? Hmm. I think uh, I could be less heavy-handed with some of the things I'm trying to do. And, and I gave everyone a lot of stuff. Like everyone's character sheet was festooned with with things from all sorts of weird stuff that I just made up. So maybe a lot less of that, but, you know, it was a younger time. You wanted shit, right? Everyone wants stuff. I think yeah. when, when, when you mentioned the, the stuff, I do think we did talk about this before. We, 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 we went into some detail about the, the items that you'd handed out, as I recall, mm. I think. Does that sound familiar, Michael? A little bit. A little bit. It a little might bit. Have been but it wasn't, wasn't live, fine. so... 
<laughs> Maybe. But it was a good one. It was a good one. So do you but, think that because I, I do think that kind of gets into the mindset of, of players, which is sometimes hard for me to, to do because I DM most of the time. And uh, I think sometimes that DM brain doesn't quite see things the way a player would. That there is a point of getting cool stuff that's cool. You know, going back to like the video game model, you kill a thing, you get money or you get treasure, and then you go buy better armor. And then you go kill something else and you get money and you go get better sword. And that's fun. When I play video mm-hmm. games, I absolutely enjoy that. It, uh, you know, I grind out XP, I grind out gold, but I don't do that in RPGs, which is one reason I'm, again, within our circle friends, I'm notoriously stingy with, with loot and magic items because I don't, I don't enjoy that from a, from a role play standpoint in the, in the game. I don't think it does a whole lot. So do you think that, is it a matter of just certain players do enjoy having those or is it just you gave them so much that it was too much? Like, what do you think you could do better now? I mean, I, I definitely do think that certain players are, are more attached to that sort of thing. And I think I'm also a primary DM myself, so I know that. So I was probably playing into that because from the back end, like money, I've never, ever cared about money for a character ever in my life, I don't think. And I don't understand people who do. It's like, it's not real. Like, it doesn't... Imaginary gold. Come on, don't take this away from me. <laughs> That's like the one time you were talking about the shins, Scott, and you were like, "Can I cut the shins into thirds and quarters and make um, um, infinite shins?" <laughs> like, there's no, you know. And it was just like it was a ridiculous thing to worry about. I know you were kidding, but at the same time, it's like some people would be like, "Yeah, no, I'm going to totally cut up my pieces of gold until it's finite molecules in a bag." Yep. Yep. I've never been that way, but when I'm a DM, I, I do gift things because I feel like people gravitate to that. Just like I also like to do callbacks because I feel like that grabs people's attention. Like I'll always do, like um, I'll throw Kylo Ren in a game, like his voice or his mannerisms, just because people be like, oh my God, he's, you know, he sounds like Kylo Ren. Yeah, oh, I, I like that guy. So, but so, that's that's something that I think it's a crutch that I have. Kylo Ren. So, it's a crutch for all of us. Mm. So one of the things that you talked about, or you, when you gave your story that, I, that stood out to me, two, two parts of the same thing, I guess, is one, you gave these characters sort of, sort of a version of immortality. Mm-hmm. You, you, you took away the threat of death, at least in some circumstances. Yes. But you showed that to them by killing them in the game when they had no chance of succeeding. Do you think either of those two things you would rethink or re like how you introduced it would be different. Yeah, de- I definitely do because that was, it was, it was very heavy handed and, and it wasn't just like swarms of goblins, like over and over again. It was, it was general Custer brought back from the dead, you know, as, as a puppet of God. And then, and then the devil had sent some demons up and then God had built a dragon out of some bones that he found. It was weird. So basically, you, you were telling a story that you wanted to tell, and the uh, the players were the audience. Yes, to a, to a point. I, to a Kelman point. Yeah. I touched on this a while back. Like it's a choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, the players can do things, but only in certain places. Yeah, definitely. Until so they decide they just want to open a furniture store and work there. And that's all they want to do. <laughs> <laughs> ling, 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 ling. <laughs> 
I don't care. It's not my fucking turn. Someone else talk to this fucking guy. Hello? Did did, did you want something? I. Hello? Uh, uh, Hello? I've got nothing. I know, sir. And look, if you, you have your hands empty do, and, and you're sitting Do you have a bathroom? No, we don't. Do we, you have bathrooms, bathrooms only for customers? Tell him bathrooms only for customers. I'm telling what? him. I'm telling him. Yeah. What? No. No. So, what uh, do I have to buy to qualify as a customer? Uh, buy raisins. These, these on the table. If you buy some raisins, you can have. How, how much are the raisins? Uh, two coppers. D- d- uh, for how many? A handful. Well, uh, whose hand? Yours. What? Where did what you come from? I thought you were like way in the back of the store, and now I you're like. Was right I me. ran up here when I heard that someone magic. was going to eat the rabbit? Guys, going to eat the rabbit turds. I, I want to see really, this. I really need to. Actually, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Ew! Get out! Bye. Get get out! You might Army, there's a spell. <laughs> I'll too. <laughs> you see Army throwing some some gloves. No problem. <laughs> You're welcome, this, Internet. This, 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 this is this is the new show. This is this is the new long actual play series. Let's 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 just let's just focus on the fact that Michael started the bit and then fell apart. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, gling, gling, gling. we're talking to him. He's like, what I do I do nothing. now? Well, do the, I buy furniture? Is- oh my god, I don't know how to do that. Almost every time we do this, I'm <laughs> yeah, army. Yeah. And I I have never been the one that instigated and was the customer. So I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. In <laughs> the like, dungeon master. I'll try to do a voice. Oh, God, I'm terrible <laughs> at voices. I don't want to do a voice, but I got to do some voice. I know. I'll do an old man voice. <laughs> so all of that was going through my head that whole time. Nice. Nice. Yes. Uh, so getting back to the game within the game. Yeah. Uh, I would think, and I think we, I mean, we've, we've touched on this in other avenues, that if you're going to kill the characters in a battle, which I think there are times that makes sense. There are certain elements of certain stories where you need them to know that if they die, things can happen. But as a player, I think I would prefer it if it was almost like a cutscene where you said, mm-hmm. you guys are going to die in this battle. Let's, let's narrate together a cool way. Because when you're letting me roll the dice, that makes me think there is a chance that I can succeed. Right. And then when that becomes apparent that it can't, then it's like, well, why did we waste this time? Like, mm-hmm. I, we've taken an hour of a combat that was, in fact, meaningless because we, we aren't dead. Those guys probably, like the ones we killed, probably doesn't matter to the story. So, it, you know, I think it would be better to just do it as either as you narrate a cutscene or just tell them up front, no one survives this battle. Mm-hmm. How does it look like to you? Do you think that would work better uh, or not? Narrate through it. Well, yeah, yeah uh, from a more mature approach, like now, I, I, I understand that. Then I definitely didn't, but well, it plus depends on, on the, the intention of the scene, right? If what right. what sort of emotional affect. If if you want to get a lot of cool descriptions of brave deaths, then you go with that. If you mm-hmm. want to completely rob players from any protection they thought they had out of their character sheet, like that's that's I mean, and, and that's brutal, but if, if that's the goal of, of the scene and you're gonna like break them down then build them back up or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I do wonder sort of like a middle ground that maybe like the first PC death, you you play it straight. Like the battle starts, everyone thinks everything's above board. Excuse me. And then once that first player goes down, because there's probably going to be some real emotion from the other mm-hmm. players 
when you see them go down and you get that oh, true yeah. emotion and then you cut to uh, narrating the rest so that you don't make them all feel like it's a waste of time but you yeah. still get that emotional like the you know that sort of i guess crescendo of emotion that you were wanting when you planned out that scene mm-hmm. that 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 actually makes a lot of sense because it's like a little bit of best of both worlds a little bit of column a a little bit of column b type of stuff yeah all right all right um, but uh i did think about this because a american gods and b i was like american gods is kind of like on the forefront maybe i could bring this game back you know try to throw it through pathfinder because pathfinder is basically you're playing gods anyway right you get like a feat every level and you like get a stat increase you're basically monsters from the word go so i was like huh maybe maybe that'll take off so that's why i thought about it so have you adapted other media before movies books tv like how do you feel like that works when you're trying to model a if not that exact story but the, the feeling or a theme of a story um i haven't had a bad time with it yet i'll say yet because i definitely have other things on my phone and my notes app that are <laughs> loosely based on things but uh yeah i haven't had a, a bad time with it and and a lot of times people don't even see it which gotcha. which is good like a lot of times people will just be playing it and then like the game will end and then i'll just say to them like oh that was that was based on uh, home alone what <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was based on home alone the NBC wow. Wilson, you never yeah. saw his face. I mean, come on. <laughs> I thought it was I, uh, obvious. I, I, I wrote a Werewolf the Apocalypse campaign based on uh, Lose Yourself by Eminem. Told people that after it. I was like, yeah, I've thought of this whole thing after I listened to that song like 16 times in a row. <laughs> I think I mentioned this like in one of the super early shows with uh, Evan. The, the campaign that we were playing before we started Made Men which Made Men was sort of attached to, uh, was based off of a commercial that Chuck Norris did back in like 19, whatever. <laughs> um, he, he did an anti-Obama uh, commercial. Really? Political, yeah. So he, he basically, which I guess that means it had to be like 2004. But mm-hmm. he said that uh, if Obama is elected, we will have a thousand years of darkness. <laughs> and so I, the campaign was built around the PC a thousand started. years of darkness? And then their characters got transported a thousand years in the future when they're coming out of a dark ages and they're at, their goal was to figure out what happened to cause it and then go back in time and fix it. Interesting. I just remember those uh, Chuck Norris commercials for um, the total gym. No, the, um, it was, this, I don't know if he was going out for president or Senator, but it was a guy and he would talk about this, the, the, you know, the political figure and then the political figure would come on stage and say, the Ninja Turtles were loosely based on a true story. Chuck Norris once ate a turtle. Three days later, he shit it out. It was six foot, six feet tall and knew karate. Like, like he would tell Chuck Norris jokes, and then Chuck Norris would come back and tell like real bits about the the political figure. The fucking Mike Huckabee. Oh, oh, it sounds amazing. It 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 was incredible. Also, that's my favorite Chuck Norris joke is the Ninja Turtle one. <laughs> There are quite a few of those that I actually find yeah. really funny. Um, so there's a there's a podcast I listen to, uh, Kevin Smith, the from from the movies like Clerks, right? Um, they do, and the, it ends every episode ends the same way, and it's Liam Neeson penis jokes. <laughs> Apparently, Liam Neeson has a famously large penis. What? Yes. Uh, Proof is in the pudding. Pre- again, I haven't he puts seen it. Puts it in pudding. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, but the word on the street there's is so many is, kinds in England. Ginormous. So <laughs> there's basically there there's a website called NeesonCock.com. Perfect. Where, where people can go and put in facts about his cock the same way that people do like jokes about Chuck Norris. It's like you know it's so big, and then it'll, they'll take like a natural disaster where it shows like a log falling across the road, like and they like. This was what happened when he fell asleep while camping. Just, I mean, it's just weird stuff like that, but it's actually Bring, 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 bring. <laughs> no, I'm looking Welcome. for someone to put me cock. <laughs> okay, is this another sex thing? Because you're the third guy to come in here today. Is this like a hazing ritual? Are you from one of the universities? Do, do you no. have a chicken? Do you have no, a chicken? yes, no. yes, my great big cook. Look at my uh, cook. Yeah, so the, big. Next, we get that all the time. It's across the street. There's a feed store. Uh, and with chicken wire, we are one three three eight. They are one eight three three. Happens uh, all the time. All right, all right, all right. Well, since it's a furniture store anyway, do you have somewhere I can rest my penis? <laughs> Army, handle this guy before I fucking kill him. And then all of a sudden, you see me putting on gloves. Like, all right, I want it. <laughs> Two hours later. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but ring, Cassandra ring. became very angry about working <laughs> yes, at this store. You've been extremely angry ever since we've been doing this. He it's, was it's he, he's his own boss for like 300 years, <laughs> and now he works for this crazy lady. <laughs> doing no science or research whatsoever. You know, he's pissed. Just keep he's, <laughs> Yeah, he's not a happy he's, camper. He's under the man, and he hates it. Like. Yep. Yeah, he, he preferred studying idiots, not working with them. Yeah, no, it's incredible. I don't know what happened. Like, one day I was just like, he snapped and he never came back. <laughs> He's like a um, middle manager. It's like, you know, 20 years in, just realized that this is my life. It yeah, he just woke better. up in a cold sweat one day. was like, no, <laughs> this, this is all there is. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Dane sleeping on a pile of couches. Oh, you know. <laughs> I can feel there's there's an imperfection three couches down. It's 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 not it's not. <laughs> I'm gonna give that couch away to some idiot and then steal it back later. Maybe they'll fix it. <laughs> nice. All right. So so looking back on your campaign, are there any other elements that you would like to pull out and maybe talk a little bit about something again? We could hopefully uh, do better next time or or take from for another campaign. I like the fallen gods thing. Like I want to do that again. Yeah, like I have this concept for another like campaign about um, you know how Thor lost the hammer and then like was no one and then he like slowly became Thor again. Yeah, like that was that's kind of the story. I kind of want to do that as like a D and D campaign and have like this like schlub who's like I'm the god of thunder and it's like okay, bro, we believe you, but we're really just bumming around for fun. And the whole time it's like you you're like collecting his like artifacts and stuff. And he is literally becoming like the God of thunder. And it's like, Oh shit. He wasn't fucking lying. I think those campaigns though, it's hard to pull that off with when you have a party. Cause you have right. the one player who's the God of thunder and then right. you have three other schlubs that are with him. Or Which her, is I why I was thinking making the God of thunder, just an NPC. Ah, there you go. And just like never roll dice for him. Like he just does, you know, total, like you just, um, you know, narrate whatever he does. Like there's never a cheat, nothing. It's just like, it's like, Oh, he's holding his own over there. You know, he's kind of always like slightly off camera, except in like 
scenes where he needs to where he's being spoken to by the other but in, in that case you now have the players not being the main characters of the story they're in yeah Which i think some people would be okay with that and could find some interesting yeah. ways to do that i think a lot of players i think would have a hard time yeah. with that it's like the gandalf in the in the thorn company thing like yeah, so i've grown tired you? of you dwarves hmm. you got anything scott you know, uh, what I got is is uh, maybe this and this. Oh, shit. Great transition. Where have my fingers been? Where have my fingers been? JC Pennies. <laughs> Look, Margaret, I just don't think you're going to find hand towels this fine at Sears. Nope, nope, I, I don't trust JCPenney anymore. You know, they used to be made in China, where all the good stuff was made. I don't <laughs> like this Malaysia. I mean, what is that, like a malodorous Asia? I don't know. Margaret, please, we'll have to go across town. We're already late for book club. No, no, the hand towels are worth it. We just, I just, I just don't want our kids knowing that we don't have enough money for hand towels. Oh, Margaret, please. And that's, and that's where my fingers have been. been. Nice. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? The dungeon of a beholder. And, and how many eyes did he have when you saw him? Seven. He had seven fucking eyes oh my god when i saw me at six does that mean he's growing more eyes i don't fucking know man it's so weird guys you shut the fuck up oh my god i thought that was a pile of rags now i when i came in here he had three fucking eyes three he's like a fucking hydra or something oh my god he's coming back i can hear him floating on ah! and that's, that's where my fingers bit <clears throat> Yay. Where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? Um at the break room at your job. Hey uh did you, did you see the game last night? Uh not I don't I don't really watch sports. Uh it's a good game though, right? Like I I just said I I don't watch sports. Uh like sports? No, no sports. Football. Sport. Baseball? Sport. But not seeing you. Yep, you too. <laughs> and that's where, and that's where our fingers been. Nice. <laughs> oh my god, that com- that that happened last Tuesday. <laughs> to Michael. That's exactly that was mm-hmm. verbatim a conversation <laughs> yep. that happened. Yep. That, that that comes with feeling. That comes with God, if I had a nickel for every time. <laughs> Well, before we got on, I was telling Scott about how at work I'm so antisocial. Like, I'm in, I do my job, I go home, I don't talk to anybody, I don't look, <laughs> with it, look at anybody. It's just in, work, out, gone. I'm, uh, in Laughlin and Orderly, we've established as canon that we have this game called Basket Orb that we play during off times occasionally. And it started out similar to basketball, but uh, then I had to write an episode or two, and now it's basically just all sports. Uh, there, There are field goals and touchbacks. And uh, I think there are 
quarters, but also innings. I don't. I don't remember. I just. Well, each inning has two. Qu- each inning has two quarters. Oh, makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah. Right. Because why would you need more than half? Like like two quarters in the top half of the inning, two quarters in the bottom half of the inning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. And the quarters are really just ways to 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 understand the way the ball is being played. If you have a touchback, you're automatically in the next quarter. Mm-hmm. 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 Makes it's, perfect sense. It's fantastic. That'll all be in the wiki. You won't have to remember that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right. So let's move into our uh, final topic for the evening, which is cryptozoology. And this is where we take a monster from the fifth edition D&D monster manual, at least until we get through all of them, hypothetically. Uh, and we talk about that monster, how we might have used it in the past, how we might use it in the future, if we have used it specifically, and then maybe some other additions we might pull in if there are any drastic changes. So if you have the 5e monster manual and turn to page 140, that is where the 5th edition Gargoyle is at. So and Scott, insert the Gargoyle's music here for those editing for the audio-only <laughs> version. Dan, 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 music? From the cartoon? From the cartoon? From, like, one of the best... There was a cartoon? Oh, my God, I'm yeah, so... Yeah, there was a cartoon called Gargoyles. Uh, Caleb just felt shame for no... He doesn't know why. But he feels shame now because I think Kale, that's like his favorite cartoon or one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great freaking cartoon. It's it same- breaks a bunch of molds. Like if you like look at like statistics for cartoons, like Gargoyles is on like a different playing field from a lot of the other cartoons. It's and- done by um, Greg Weissman, this- who's the guy who does Young Justice, which is that's- the show Caleb was yes. on for the first season. Yeah. All right. So Scott, so you, I know you and I were looking at the okay. Monster Manual before we got on. So what what are your thoughts on the five E gargoyle? And then um, any ways that you thought you could use it, or have you used it in the past? Oh uh, well, let's see. Um, I like the five E gargoyle. I think they they majority stuck with other gargoyle things. Um, one interesting change that I noted is, is that in the past and past adventures and things, uh, they've they've described players being able to negotiate with gargoyles or reason with them. And in this edition, that is still possible, but Gargoyle's only language is Terran. So, uh, good luck having another player who just took shattering sounds of Earth as a second or third language. <laughs> um, although, I, I, in general, I think this edition doesn't give players enough languages, right? I think in a, in a party of four or five, like, there, half the languages you just will not have covered. It's, it's mm-hmm. pretty intense. Um, yeah. I kind of feel like that's an overcorrection because I've always felt, especially in 3.5 days, that like you had all the language covered, like all the basic ones. Like you would have yeah. to go out of your way to look for a language that no one has mm-hmm. in order to put a language in the game that they don't just know. Because mm-hmm. you got pl- you got an extra language for every you know like point above 10 or whatever on mm-hmm. your intelligence. And then certain classes got bonuses. I, I remember yeah. playing a wizard had like eight languages yeah, yeah, at level they're, one. They're just littered all over. Question? Yeah. Question about the languages since we're on it. Has anyone ever done the thing where the language is like either based on or close enough to another language? So you like gave, you spoke to that person in like broken English or like in half words to, to like give them like some structure of what was being said, but not the right sentences. You know what I'm saying? Like for instance, um, giant and orc, right? So like orc is based on giant so if a giant was talking but you understood orcish like maybe you'd be like home 
Speak like, back book, back today. Spanish and Brazilian for, or whatever. For, yeah, exactly. It's like Spanish I have, and Portuguese. I have done Portuguese, that in third person. I've, I've never role played out that the broken language, but I have told them, like, you're understanding like every third word of this. Like, it sounds like it might have been based off of this language. Hmm. So you, the intent that you get is gotcha. this person is lost in Hungary. And maybe there might be other people missing. Like I've done it that way, but I haven't actually role played out the I've, scene. I've never done that with with spoken languages. Never uh, occurred to me. But I've done that with written languages because a lot of uh, right uh, most D and D languages, like the, the the much like modern languages, there are fewer scripts than there are languages, and so mm-hmm. different languages will reuse scripts, right? And so somebody knows Dwarven. Well, uh, you know there are plenty of languages that reuse the Dwarven script. So mm-hmm. so they're like, yeah, you. You know, this isn't, you can first of all you can tell it's dwarven script. Secondly, you can tell it ain't dwarven, and then third, you can get like kind of some symbols, right? It's it's a pictographic language, so some symbols are going to be similar or use the same. I've always wanted to do that, but I've never done it in the moment, hmm. and that's probably because of my um, my lack of planning. So anyway, you're an improv guy. You're planning, so I am. Not I am. No, so this is no. off topic, but but that's made me remember something that is at, at one at two points brilliant and also awful at the same time. I remember <laughs> one of the puzzles that I made as a as a younger man is I I don't know if these are I don't know what remember what they're called, but it's where you take like a piece of paper, a piece of something, and you cut out holes, and then you take what appears to be an innocuous letter, and you play this on top of it, and where there's holes, you can see letters, and those letters spell a message. So the the message the letter might be I'm coming home for dinner haven't seen you in seven years can't wait see love you ma but when you put the thing down it'll say like noon at the waterfall or something oh the cipher yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, so again I don't know what that particular thing is called but but I made one of those and um, I made it it was pretty large I made it out of cardboard rather than paper and I told the players that basically it was a giant centric campaign and they had gotten a letter that was translated from giant language and it didn't line up but it lined up in a way that gave them a a wrong message and the secret they had to figure out is because when it was transcribed they wrote it in normal sized letters Uh, and they actually had to basically change the font and then the the, they would line up differently so they were supposed to like know to be like well why don't we rewrite this to size and i had a different version of the, the the letter with a larger font but that that sounds pretty rough. Yeah, yeah it was awful. They didn't figure it out. <laughs> and then the giants just came through and murdered all of them. <laughs> but I don't like combat, guys. Well, well that's why you didn't simulate out the combat. You just said, well, the giants are coming in and murdering you all because you didn't get my elaborate puzzle. You yes. had to describe your deaths. Be as elaborate as you want. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. this yeah. is our last session. Feel Roll feel up three characters. And- Joe, you're running the next game. <laughs> and you can kill all the giants but one because you all have to die. So, you know, talk amongst yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, uh, really, kill all the giants but four because uh, now we're playing the giants. <laughs> They're clearly <laughs> the heroes of this game because they know how to write ciphers. <laughs> I, I also, I am that DM that legitimately made a puzzle and we sat real time for about three hours. Like, I didn't tell them. I didn't give them. Like, they just set in a room just like face wall bam yeah bam, took almost the entire session bam. and and here's the the best part is uh this was when i lived in cleveland we had one of our players his name was sean and it, it's just you'd have to know sean to get this but he's the person who didn't have a lot of confidence in himself but he would often have the right answers but no one would listen to him and he never would stand up for himself he figured the puzzle out really early and Aww. everyone ignored him 
and me as the DM, I didn't go, you know, I didn't like call on him. I didn't sort of draw it out. I just sat there and waited for someone to circle back around. And he's like, I freaking said that two hours ago. I was like, yeah, but no one listened to you. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. So I would not do that now. If I had a puzzle, I would like let them roll, give them hints. Eventually like 10, 15 minutes, they were going to get through. Not three hours. They were ready to beat me to death. But we're talking about gargoyles. Well, you, you, you know what? You know what I conclude from your story, Michael? What's that? That gargoyles are not as interesting of a monster as you might want them to be. I mean, we 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 already let ourselves off on a side conversation. I think everyone listening to us, they, you basically know what gargoyles are, right? They're things that that uh, players who've who've seen a gargoyle once all know that gargoyle all gargoyle statues are definitely gargoyles because you took the time <laughs> to mention one, right? Mm-hmm. And they all know uh, that it takes extra special effort to kill gargoyles in some magical way, right? They're they're kind of rough and tumble. And so every, everybody kind of knows the deal, and they're not that surprising or interesting after that, right? So, again, kind of looking at that, I'm, I was trying to think of ways that you could make them interesting, because I, I kind of agree that they're kind of a very niche character or you know, monster. They kind of fit in certain types of games and certain types of places. Uh, I do They've remember one, one gotcha of, moment, like, surprise, you didn't realize it was a gargoyle. But after well, that... I, Right, and one in particular, I I remember, again, this was like the AD&D version, second edition, one of the players had a character that had dark vision, and I think in second edition, that was like predator vision, Mm -hmm. they could see heat, and so I put them against a gargoyle that had been turned invisible, so it was heat neutral and invisible, because that was the only way I could justify no one being able to see it, Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that's literally the last time I had ever used a gargoyle. But looking at the, this version, they, they talk about how they don't need to eat. They don't have to breathe. They don't have to sleep. They never basically get tired. And it made me think these are the Terminators of D&D. Like if one gets on your trail, they're never going to stop. They don't have to rest. They're going to catch you. The problem is they're a CR2. So unless you pump that up or send like three or four, it's not really a challenging encounter uh, for a party. Of, Gargoyle you know, with 10 levels of wizard. Well, the other thing it does, it does have a lot of resistances. <laughs> so that, that does sort of make it, even though it's not, it's just a CR2, it has resistance to most versions. Like, yeah, it's unless got you have, a lot of freaking resistance. Yeah, unless you have like magic weapons or adamantium shit. or adamantine uh, weapons. So I, I, I think that could be interesting in the right type of campaign where there would actually be fear that if this thing caught you, it was going to kill you. Or maybe typical Sarah Connor, you have an NPC, you know, quest, you got to get them from one place to the other and the gargoyles are trying to get to them and you're just in the way uh that could be interesting it's, uh, it's, but the thing that i really thought of that i thought would be funny because it mentions how they can be um centuries because they can literally not move for years yep so they're great for putting in fr- front of a door yep and they can blend in they look like a rock or they look like an actual gargoyle and then they just sit there but it mentions that sometimes they get bored and they'll go like catch a mouse or something so i could actually envision envision almost like a humorous encounter where you show up and on the way out, the gargoyle is like, fuck. <laughs> you know, and you have like this just running out of the bush, throwing a mouse behind him, like, so no, no, actually. Yeah. So, you know, I could just almost like this, uh, this, you know, I don't know, big Lebowski type conversation where he's like, please don't tell anybody this happened. I will let you leave with the treasure. Just don't tell anybody. You know, no one comes here in like a hundred years. No one's going to know, but just don't tell them, okay? Like, I could just see that being like a really fun kind of in- twist on the mm-hmm. encounter. Mm-hmm. I like it. Cheers. Yeah. All right. I've definitely thought about, um, I mean, 
I think the giveaway is the wings. I've, I've stopped trying to describe them first as gargoyles and then as winged creatures. Like, ah, they're... they're... So, so basically, I often use them as, as just uh, stand-ins for any old boring statues in a set and um, in an environment. Especially if, if I already scribe statues there and then the players are taking forever to do something. It's easy to be like, well, the gargoyle statues get bored of listening to your bullshit and now they're attacking. <laughs> I... What? I get tired of you guys debating whether or not that lock is trapped. Because I'm tired of you debating whether the lock is trapped. It's not even locked. Open the door. <laughs> what do you think's going to happen? There's going to be gargoyles on the other side that attack? No. No, the gargoyles are on this side. That's why they're attacking. Yep. <laughs> Jump through the door and lock it on your way back. <laughs> uh, I just have another idea. Maybe do almost like a Frosty the Snowman situation where there's a gargoyle that's been broken into pieces and the players put it they together and that brings it. it back to life. Mm. I, I guess... We a weeping angel thing too with the yeah, like that would be yeah yeah but but in a funny way like mm -hmm. weeping angels are terrifying but like gargoyles in a funny way. that statue definitely changed its position <laughs> its eyes are following me so just uh amusingly screw with players <laughs> yeah exactly they, they look back you don't think they just try and test stab it a few times after the first time but it doesn't matter because it's got resistance yeah, so it's got all these immunities so you could yeah. just take it and not move and be like oh i got gotcha. you like yeah. that could be another like really funny encounter. Like you just have this gargoyle that's gone insane because they've been alone by themselves for a thousand years with no one to talk to, and they just like they want they don't want you to leave because they want to play with you. They don't want to hurt like, you. No, they stay, just want friends. Stay. We we have tea. It's only six hundred years old. Stay. Really, please, <laughs> please, please. Do you do you use water in your tea? Because I don't. <laughs> I don't have that. Yeah. I I haven't made tea in a long time, and then you you have that like flash side flash where you're looking through the player's eyes, and he's just like. I'm rubbing like two rocks together. You know, it's like, it just doesn't make any sense to what he's describing. He's almost ready. Would you like some sugar? And the player's just like this. You want some crackers? And there's like, just like dead mice on a tray. It's just, no, I'm fine. <laughs> but I, I think that could be a great encounter because it's a thing where if the players just decide they want to kill this thing, it could be an easy combat. Or it could be a really fun role play where they come out ahead because they can bypass the, the combat maybe Ooh. the creature can help them get to the end you know and that's maybe. a good point i mean if, if they've sat there for hundreds of years they speak a language and they're not a t like a scary foe basically treat them like you would any other townsfolk npc right they're a witness to when this uh you know mystical dungeon was built right yeah they can tell you all kinds of things about what may or may not be inside it you just oh, have to yeah. bribe them into it right like we got this black bucket of mice would would you would you tell us how many magical doors they brought in here when they were building this cave? Oh, pardon me. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, that actually could be a very cool encounter where you, it's just like a information gathering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the gargoyle was when it was built. It was there before the first stone was laid. It's been there since. Uh, it was the first stone. Uh, true yeah but i just think yeah that could be an interesting way to to use them as they're designed but not directly so mm. yeah i think i could work a uh, gargoyle into a campaign in a fun way after mm. that i've never used a gargoyle in uh, a game that i can remember yeah never not to my knowledge like i mean every, i watched every, gargoyles every, as a kid every so gothic themed game there's just like i don't know it just seems to come up for me somehow yeah I, I don't know. I've never I've never thrown them in, but the flavor text that they have in the in the DMG on um, DMG the, the Monster Manual, mm -hmm. uh, the shards of elemental evil that that's really like 
thought provoking stuff. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that they're just like a, like a, uh, a curse in the face of like the elemental air, the fact that they're rock yet they fly and it's, they don't eat or breathe. It's, it's just, it's really very, cool. Very like way to think about them. Yeah. story. That is mm-hmm. cool. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So any, uh, anything else about gargoyles before we uh, close up that session? Hmm. the show's great so. check it out I, I, I'll, yep. I'll disney <laughs> so uh so as always we will throw things out to the audience if there's any here now or in the future if you have used gargoyles in your games in the past or um want to use them in the future let us know how that went for your game what your idea is what your plan is uh leave it in the comments of this episode or hit us up on social media uh, I don't think we have anyone watching right now. Normally, we we end with a Q and A session, uh, but we are we have no cues to be aid. Uh, so I guess that sounded just... sexy. <laughs> hey, baby, you gotta bring, 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 bring. Welcome to the Otoman Emporium. I am Cassander. Can I help you? Yeah. Uh, s- someone told me I was supposed to come here and ask you. Uh, do you have any cues to be aid? That's that's what it says. You paid me two coppers. Shrike, get him. Burns the claws. Nice. And well, that's what my fingers are. <laughs> Six days left the on the Kickstarter. Please go check it out. Uh, we are not above taking donations. So you can throw us a dollar to help support what we're trying to do. Uh, Come see us in November. It's going to be a good time. We'll all be there. Maybe Scott. Maybe time. maybe we should talk about some of the things we're thinking about doing because we're here and we have oh, no cues oh to be made. Can, can can I? Because uh, yeah. I, I just this week I uh, so so some saint and some saint of a human being, some god among men, Patrick, oh, okay. some I'm some uh, Adonis. Uh, in the internet, has has, has t- took it upon themselves on on Reddit, and I just like got little snippets of this this conversation while I was redditing instead of whatever I'm supposed Ad- to be doing. Ad- Adonis and Reddit are just like counter like I, I know I know right to me so you, so you I'm, I'm loving where it this to be is such garbage, from. but but right. but some some imperious high lord of humanity uh, was was in the middle of some random conversation on Reddit, and and uh, they were, they were talking about uh, lasers and feelings. And and somebody mentioned the the idea of of uh, lasers and treason, a uh, a lasers and feelings mashup with uh, paranoia, and and Ooh. this saint, this Adonis mm. among men, was like, I'm making this happen. And so they've they've uh, you know spent a couple of weeks, it looks like, and put out a bunch of uh, like free resources. Not obviously anything that replaces the Dungeon Master's Guide or the setting books, but I mean, which are all like out of print and cheap and online and whatever anyway but uh just 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 enough player info to play uh lasers and treason and not only have i always wanted to run a game of paranoia um but i i i you know the systems uh i think historically have been kind of vaguely complex way more than i want to learn especially uh learn enough to teach players in like a two hour, four hour game. Right. So, uh, but, but, uh, with laces and feelings, I think it'd be incredible. Right. So, so I'm looking forward to the strong potential of running a lasers and treason game, possibly starting with, with running one for the podcast to, to hone up my skills. Right. Cause obviously who cares if the podcast terrible and <laughs> then run one for actual live human beings who paid to get tickets to a catacomb. That sounds, sounds like cool. a good idea. I know, uh, right? Bring a bunch of last... like, red squirt guns and stuff. 
the uh, the last episode last faculty meeting we recorded which hasn't come out yet um is all about being bad guys and uh one of the things that came out of that conversation uh was the idea of doing a one shot where all of the players play characters that have amnesia so you wake up and basically there's someone there who's like okay you guys ready we're we're gonna go rob the bank now or we're gonna go assassinate this person now or we're gonna go whatever and the players have no idea they don't have their memories and everybody's given like you know information one of them gets a card that says oh by the way you're behind all this these guys are all good guys you're the bad guy you have drugged them and you're using them to achieve your goals and so not only are they trying to play the game they start to get memories like you, like every half hour you give them a flashback and they start to figure out what's going on. The idea is can they figure out who the actual traitor is when they don't actually know there is a traitor because you don't tell them that. You don't say there's a traitor. Mm. You just say, you know, this game, you all have amnesia. One person gets the, but you're actually behind it all card. Hmm. That sounds fun. That, that's like paranoia, except that in paranoia, everyone's a traitor. <laughs> or you think so. Uh, well, and, and, I mean, you know, so that Addy it's in the so. mechanics. Of exactly. The exactly. Uh, so one big change this year, obviously, we do have separate rooms for panels, which also means we could do events. I know there's been some talk about doing like an improv show or <gasps> sort of thing. Uh, yes, we that committed w- to that last year. That was that was good that we're doing that. That's going to happen. Yeah, we, we now have a place that that would make sense to do. So it's not going in the middle of the room where there's, you know, acoustics or you interrupt in other games. You can have a room. You can do whatever you want to with it for the time being. So we absolutely could do more of those types of things. That was the first thing I was going to talk about is I actually want to do this improv show thing that we've been talking about. We're doing we can it. even do one a night. I don't give a yeah. shit. God, we, we'll, as long as it's not more than one a night because then it's the second one's always going to be worse. But really? Yeah. If Have you ever done uh, back-to-back shows? yes really often at least uh the 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 troupe that i worked with at at the charm city comedy project a a wonderful place if you're ever visiting baltimore um (laughs) they they have a number of house troops but occasionally you know somebody uh for another troop that night would not have shown right or there'll be like a special thing it's a mashup troop later the night and so frequently you'll do a 20 minute set with your troop and then a 20 minute set with rando troop right interesting um, in my experience, it's always been uh, a, a worse show, at least at least in the beginning, because, you know, the, a whole show, no matter how long it is, you've already expended all your your bits, Creative your energy, everything's shows. gone. So at the beginning of that, it's an even bigger hill to get up before you can get up to mm. playing field level. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's just the experience I have. You know, so maybe, if, maybe it's I've just never done it with the same group. I wonder if that's a big mm. problem. All right. So here's here's my idea, Matthew, for you mm. to do, because that's how I roll. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. We, we do that thing where it's like a live action, like role playing game. So you have a DM, you have like three people who are players. Uh-huh. And then it's like the, the random line game where we get everybody, when they come, they check in, they just write one random sentence. And so like as they're role playing out the scene, they have to say whatever is on the oh scenes <laughs> scenes from phrases, fr- phrases from the floor yeah I yeah love it's that not game. scenes from head I guess phrases from the floor phrases so just, from the floor I love that game yeah so that that would be fun to like but you're trying to actually tell like you know like a half hour role play scene but every now and then they have to just use yeah these you, have to, you have to you know I was just thinking my mother always used to say to me the gorgons in the room and you <laughs> fuck that gorgon right she's gonna turn us all to stone yeah. Uh, my that, my other no, it's, idea it's, for it's not often that uh, my my parents would tell me that okay this one's just blank is that supposed to be like an abstract <laughs> joke is that it's on the back it's on the back nope 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 still blank there's 
literally there's nothing written here that very funny ha 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 you've been struck by lightning <laughs> <laughs> it's called an improv show <laughs> i'm sorry matt you were uh, uh you were yeah saying... i was thinking uh, of another potential a catacon thing for myself is i was thinking about uh running a game once a once a day for the for the whole thing so three times right that's how long a catacon is technically three days uh and i was going to have it in my room and i was going to record it and then edit it and put it out into the world as like a an ap so it'd be like the same group you know i would put that in the the header like you should be available for the rest of this because it will be blah 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 blah. Oh, blah. I, I thought I thought you were going to do it with different players because that'd be interesting. But, I mean, uh, yeah, same. That's group, that's another that's another total element. But I was thinking it would be cool if it was actually like one Consistent. story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, definitely yeah. So get people's different takes uh, three days in mm-hmm. a row. That's I, I like that. It's interesting. So that's an interesting idea. You, I've had. you guys didn't seem excited about my lasers and treason idea though. I, I am excited about it. I just, you know, haven't played Paranoia or Lasers and Feelings, but I'm always excited yeah. about things you do, Me Scott. either. I'm in the Doesn't that boat. make it more exciting? <laughs> I, I, I agree. It sounds cool. I'd like to learn more about it, but I'm not ready to, like, invest at this moment. I don't have the money to kickstart it, but Look, I did share it to my Twitter feed, so I hope It's only $300,000, and you can use the timeshare whenever you want. Like literally uh, anytime you want, I except to, for blackout dates. I, I really yeah. need to talk to my mom before I make an investment D- like don't, that. It's... Don't you know what? Just sign her name. Okay, and we'll all be fine. I I don't remember if she spells her name with two R's or an H and an R. You know Can what? I just as long as you Can, know her social security uh, number, it yeah, doesn't I matter. do. I do. I have that written Perfect. down under her phone number. Perfect. So just sign here. Yes. Great. Yep. Great. So this will be less than my student loans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll say that. Yeah, army! <laughs> I sold another timeshare couch. Remember, <laughs> someone's about to get <laughs> served. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I got married, uh, we didn't have any vacation time, so we didn't get to take our honeymoon for like six months after our actual wedding day. And we were—I mean, we got married. I we were just out of college. I can't remember. I might have, might have still been in college. Uh, we had no money. We were super poor. And so Val went through and she booked us a, a nice vacation, but it came with like, we had to do like four timeshare presentations. Oh, the, I've been on so many of those. They're the fucking worst. You're just sitting there going, no. Yeah. No, it was, can it, I go now? It was awful. So out of, out of the four, I remember one in particular, they just said, you can leave. Like we, you know, we're college kids. We, we dressed down, we had like sweatpants on or something. And they're just like, no, you're good. Uh, another one though they it was hard sell i mean crazy and they kept saying it's only this much money you know it's like a car like it's only this much payment they don't tell you the, the total number yeah they just say what the payments will be and we we're just like we can't we can't we can't we can't and finally they brought over like the closer and he's like all I, right now all i need is three hundred dollars and 58 cents and we can get you out of here i'm like dude i got the 58 cents and he said okay we're done let me leave <laughs> But yeah, those those are awful. And I remember, like, I can very clearly remember there's a table next to me and they popped some champagne because someone yeah, had, yeah, yeah. had bought. And I looked over, those people had no idea what they did. Like, they didn't, they, they that contract should have been null and void because they clearly had no idea what was going on. But they just bought a timeshare. So 
I honestly thought this was like an urban legend and it didn't happen to real human beings. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. No, time, this is real. Oh, I, I know My timeshares are real. I didn't know like the high pressure free vacation sales events. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like I thought we joked about them because they used like it was a thing like during the 70s for like a year and then Congress outlawed it because it was horrible. And now we just joke about it. for the next No, this year. isn't the Slender Man or, or your organization, Scott. This is real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they I have know. not been disavowed. <laughs> Yeah, um, like I, my parents have a timeshare, so whenever we use theirs, we have to go to the. Well, have to. We, they keep calling you, unless you show up. So we go, and it was a waste of like two and a half hours. One day they were just like, "Okay, so we're gonna send over Maureen, and she's just gonna, she's just gonna talk to you about what you heard here." And we're like, "Oh, fucking K." Yeah. Hi, did you guys have a good time? Yes. Uh so do you, uh so. I have this deal for you. And it's like, no, 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 no. High, it is high pressure sales. Uh, Funnily enough, we actually own a timeshare now, uh, but it was, it was basically gifted to us. Yeah, Um, I sure was. My, my, uh, my uncle, my wife's uncle passed away. All we have to do is, is pay the annual fees. Well, which is true. I mean, yeah, we, we basically, well, I mean that like we didn't have to pay, anything to them they gave it to us but we took over the payments right which in that case actually works out because we have the equity it's it's a cheap vacation we get a week in gatlinburg for less than what it would cost to pay for a hotel so in that sense it actually is a good deal which is the only way we ever would have done it is someone basically gave it to us and we just took over the payments you uh, said gatlinburg like it's some place that we should recognize it's gatlinburg too. it's it's the place that burnt down last summer and our timeshare was gone <laughs> It is literally was burnt to the ground. Did, so did you just get like a big and awesome Where, settlement? No, uh, they're rebuilding it. We we got our fees. We're uh, comped for this year. So we don't have to pay, but we can't go because there's Gat- literally nothing Gatlinburg. There. Seriously, you've never heard of Gatlinburg, Tennessee? No. Tennessee. Oh, my God, dude. You guys have to. It's, it's like I can't. I mean, I don't even have to explain it. It's like. Disneyland? It's is like Tennessee a state in the Union? It's like the yeah, Dollywood's right there. Uh, it's like the redneck version of New Orleans during Mardi Gras. There's wow. just like there's like, stuff on both sides of the street, neon <clears throat> signs, just crazy. Drunken all these little armed people. Yes, drunken armed people. These little mom and pop stores everywhere. Like literally, you can go in and buy like a ninja sword and nunchucks, and go next door and buy like homemade fudge. You can go in the next next door over. You can get like a revolver. Like you, yes, you get a revolver. <laughs> or you can get like a knockoff uh, Gucci Nirvana shirt or whatever the hell they, those make. It's Gucci Nirvana shirt. Is that yeah, exactly. Uh, it's amazing. Yes. Interesting. You, you're not yes. selling me on this place. This doesn't sound amazing. It's yeah. amazing. So, I feel like uh, what you've described is a large flea market. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's my... actually that's not too far. But they also have all these little, little like kitschy. Uh, touristy things there's like a ripley's believe it or not museum there there's like a wax museum there uh there's all these like haunted houses they're like puzzle rooms Uh, there's um they have those things here in baltimore they're called abandoned homes (laughs) (laughs) well these are not abandoned they're actually built and constructed for a specific purpose uh these yeah, were built and constructed for a specific purpose. <laughs> to be abandoned. Yes. It was a money laundering scheme. We just needed to build a building. We say it cost $8 million. It costs two, mm-hmm. and we're golden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we just my, charged the city to bulldoze it. <laughs> my, my parents' timeshare, technically, you know, the timeshare that they bought is in uh, on the Gulf Coast of Texas. 
I don't remember the town off the top of my head, but I know that it was wiped out by a hurricane like a couple of years ago. So they had the same thing where it was like it was comped or whatever. But my parents have never gone to their actual timeshare. Yeah. They just put it in the space bank and then we take out timeshares in places that people actually want to go. Yeah. So that's what's cool about a timeshare. But yeah. the whole selling you the timeshare thing is a load of horse shit. Yeah. It's- and it sucks pretty awful actually so all right so anything else about a catacon any uh, other events that you want to do or you want to does the kickstarter have any timeshare options because i would totally buy an acaticon timeshare wow Uh, no not yet yet. i can like like flex my gm timeshare and like go gm at a conference another one right like another convention and then some of the gm will be Maybe. If we ever do a catacon east and a catacon south and a catacon Ooh. west, and possibly tabletop a catacon like the a next cata- week, could we, not a catacon. Could we do a cata north, a cata east? Because I <laughs> cata north, yeah, cata north. So I, so I did like three podcast interviews in the last few days, trying to oh, get man, uh, man. drumming up some business, you know, for catacon. Must be nice. Nobody knows how to pronounce a catacon. It is it is hilarious. How like how many different ways people think it's pronounced? And yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's academy convention. Con, yeah. It, but it it's, should, it's, it, it's also academic. It's academic academ con. That, well, that's, that's what I that's what I first thought. I was like academic academic con. A lot of people think it's arcade con, and we forgot the R. Like we like misspe- misspelled it, and it was actually like a video game. Uh, yeah. What shows have? What shows are these? Uh, I was on Nerd Burger, which I think that actually came out today. And then I was also on uh, Our Personal Interest, which I don't know when that one came out. And then where I think, I think I, I, we ended up doing one show twice because there was an audio problem. So it actually was two shows, but I did huh. three different interviews. Interesting. But yeah, uh, again, I know I'm from Kentucky and I know I mispronounce words all the time, but it's like a catacomb. I could just, I, I, I couldn't imagine that it was a difficult but yeah, there's a lot of confusion. So I'm just going to lean into it and say we're the great con with the terrible name. I like it. Do lean it. into it, girl. Yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> um, I would like to run. I'd actually, well, actually, I'd like to play in some stuff this year. I didn't play in anything last That'd year. That would be good. Yep. Me too. I was, I was bound to the table. Yes. My manacles were only released when Michael said, hey, someone fucking didn't show up for their game. Go run something. And I went, Michael, I don't have anything prepared. I don't fucking care. Undo your manacles and go out there and fucking make some people happy. <laughs> yes, I'm looking for some manacles. <laughs> oh, manacles. Well, <laughs> you came to the right place. Good. Army! Good. <laughs> Those are called personicles. It's PC culture now. Oh, well then, right. that's I right. Like Stormbreaker Port is a very personicles. is a very uh, ubiquitous place to hold my person slaves or person transport. <laughs> Are you? Right, that's I, 15, 90, I'm, 80. I'm, I'm, a, I'm in person trafficking is really yeah. what I do. Oh, okay. 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 If you buy eight, you get a discount. So it actually, it's a little bit more than what you would pay for six, but you do get the two extra. So, mm. you know, it's kind of a cost analysis ROI situation. You know, you've talked me into it. You've made a sale. I'll go for the eight. Oh, fantastic. Would you like to buy the extended warranty with this? For only $5 more per, we will replace any defective parts, or if you have an escaped person, we will pay for their replacement. 
Hmm. I do occasionally have people escape my clutches. <laughs> but no, I I think those uh, extended warranties were all a scam. Well, they're insurance. I mean, if you don't need them, yeah, they didn't. They, they cost too much. But if you do need them, they're invaluable. Hmm. What do you think, other employee? I'm sure your opinion is different. So I, I oh no, I was gonna lean in. What I would do is get the extended <laughs> warranty on half of them. And then no matter which one breaks, say it was one of them. Oh, these are not individually identified. Now that, hmm. But do yes, I still sir, get, they're not serialized. Thank, but, but do, thank I, the do gods. I still get the discount for buying eight if I have to buy four and four? Yes. Ooh, that's a good question. The math is still the same. Let me yeah. take care of the books, Army. Well, maybe, maybe if I have to buy 16, is that what we're saying here? Mm-hmm. All right. There's there's no discount at 20, is there? Give no, me a hundred of your finest <laughs> personicles. We do have a scratch and dent section where we have some single manacles where half of them are broken. So they're more like bracelets and anklets. But, you know, with a little soldering work, you might be able to make, you know, make something out of it. Mrs. Atonement, we need to open that pallet of personicles. We have a buyer. The whole pallet? The whole pallet. It's going to take half an hour. Got to get the forklift. Good. Good. I'll Army, bring in how my does, how person How does Invar feel help. about the fact that you're helping with person trafficking? Just just on a, like on a friend-to-friend basis. Oh, wait. I thought that was like a euphemism. I thought... No, no, no. no. He's, a sl- he's a slaver. Oh! Yes. I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> bring, bring, oh wait, bring, not with bring. the hammer. With her fists. <laughs> with the gloves. <laughs> and that's where our characters bring. have been. <laughs> okay. Well, that has been fun. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about a catacomb soon. We'll start getting things together. There'll be some information coming out. All good, all exciting. And uh, again, on next Tuesday, which I don't even know if this will be out by then. Probably Tuesday. not, actually. So now I'm talking to people, it doesn't matter. But we're next Tuesday, we're going to do a live countdown for the last couple hours of the Kickstarter. If either of you want to jump in and out for a little bit, say hi, that would be cool, but obviously not required. Sounds awesome. What, uh, what is that going to be on, on the Zoom On Twitch. Thing? Put a link up. I'll see if I can jump on. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, to anyone who is not watching now, but maybe watching in the future or listening, this has been Michael and Scott and Matthew. I love you. Watch us next time. And Bye. we will see you next time. Bye. We can't see you. You can see us. It's a, you know what? Good night. Have a you know, mm. goodbye. Have Bye. fun storming the castle. Bling, 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 bling. <laughs> no, we're closed. <laughs> Army, flip the fucking sign. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize, but we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, 
please visit patreon.com slash vrpgacademy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at vrpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.